lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. So thanks for listening to us today. We've got a really interesting show. I've got Juliet Hall, and she's the principal of Juliet Hall, Inc., a boutique leadership consulting agency based in Atlanta. She is recognized by several organizations in Atlanta as a top black woman of influence. She serves as a leadership advisor and coach and speaks on national stages on servant inclusive leadership and self-maximization. After 20 years of leadership in the corporate citizen system, she faced her own words. You can courageously build your own kingdom or be an unfulfilled laborer in someone else's. Juliet is passionate about helping leaders, especially women, who are at a professional crossroads to pursue their own self-discovery, develop their natural talents, and thrive in what they are uniquely created to do. Juliet has presented her work to executives across different industries, including government, education, healthcare, ministry, and nonprofit. She's a graduate of Spelman College and the Terry College of Business at the University of Georgia. Juliet, thanks for being with us today. Thank you, Lee. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you. Well, and I saved the best. For for now, and that is, she's also published a book, and that's Own Your Opportunities, and it's a 2023 Nautilus Book Award winner in the category of personal growth and self-help, and 2023 hasn't gotten any easier for any of us when we talk about personal growth. Yeah, it's and and you totally see that in um, just in some statistics. I recently had a talk about uh, workers uh, in in corporate America or people who are leaving their jobs. Um, the the great resignation, which is a term that oh, yeah. drives the exodus of people who uh, during the pandemic left their jobs because they're unfulfilled. And, um, you know, they left for different reasons, whether it was a toxic culture or not feeling appreciated in the work that they do. A lot of it had to do with their own personal uh, feelings of not being fulfilled at work uh, and less to do about money, uh, which is interesting. And so, yes, personal growth. I think that during the pandemic, it really put a lot of people on pause to reflect what it is they want to do for the rest of their life. I agree with you, and I think the pandemic really reinforced our our core values, and we've realized that you know may not always we may not always have the same choices. We have to step up. We have to take the choices that we need for ourselves, and now. You know, I think what's worse than the great resignation is the quiet quitters that are still hanging in the organizations. Mm, oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, there are people, surprisingly, Lee, who would rather survive in a job rather than thrive in what they are uniquely created to do. And that's really the heart of my message. That's the heart of What I'm passionate about and what I speak to people about and coach them about is you have 
the human choice. You have human power. You have the human responsibility to lead your life and to self-maximize. And, yeah, and so that I that's really why I do what I do because I was that person. I, I lived um, or worked in the corporate system for 20 years. And as you read in my bio, um, I, I say this a lot, why be an unfulfilled laborer in someone else's kingdom when you can create your own? <laughs> you know, it speaks to your human choice. And, we, you know, unfortunately we live in a society where we have chance and opportunity, and it's up to us to own them. Well, it absolutely is. And I think that at the Brain Performance Center, we work with a lot of folks with anxiety and depression, and they'll be the first to say, it's holding me back. It's creating barriers for me. It's standing in my way. And I think that it's amazing when you see people find peace and get that brain in a regulated stake, that they're able to say, I can move forward. I want to move forward. And I think that, you know, own owning your opportunities, I love that title because I like that much better than I'm going to hold you accountable. I'd rather, I'd rather somebody tell me, own your own opportunities, Lee. Heck yeah, I can do that. So why did you write Own Your Opportunities? I wanted to lay my life out so that people would know what is possible when you bet on yourself. And so I share my story in corporate America. I speak to the highs and lows. I speak to how I grew through corporate trauma. I speak to just my willingness to become my own champion and I, I just speak to that. Um, it's certainly not a tell-all book, um, but it's a book of how I grew and how I, how I grew through adversity, how I advanced through um, overcoming adversity and the planning that I did in order to make my pivot so that I could do what I wanted to do. I wanted to pursue sanity sanity, if I let me say that right, I wanted to pursue sanity and I wanted to pursue the freedom to realize my own dream. So that's, um, but that's why I wrote my book. I wanted to use my life as an example of what is possible with the hope that readers would um, find some practice um, or nuggets of wisdom that they may apply to their own life. And, you know, every Everybody's story is different, uh, but hopefully there are some things uh, in my book that people can relate to and also some practical tips that may help them along their own journeys. Well, and I think everybody loves a story. That makes it, that gives them something to identify with and to read about, you know, oh my gosh, you suffered that kind of inequity. I did too. And we all do. It's just some of us are willing to put it out there, and some of us are not. Mm-hmm. So when I think about, you know, you said you had some you had some trauma in the corporate world. That's something that makes you stop and think about, why am I here? That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I there's a story that I tell, uh, one of my earliest recollections uh, when I 
started working for this organization, I was the only woman. I was the only one, the only person of color. Uh, so I was on a team uh, where I was, I was with white men, and I was again the only woman and the only person of color. I was also the youngest in the room, and so I was diverse from a lot of different uh, perspectives. And the long and short was that we were together on a team retreat planning for a team building trip for the next year and one of the ideas that came on the, that was presented was let's go on a men's retreat <laughs> as the oh yeah let's experience. do that yes and so here i am i'm sitting at the table but it's like nobody saw me or they knew I was there but didn't care. I, I don't know, but that was the idea. There were heads nodding around the table, and then I spoke up, and I said, well, I guess I could go on this trip, too, to learn more about men and how to communicate better with them. Keep in mind, I'm in my early 20s, and I'm just trying to fit in. I'm just trying to be one of the boys. I'm just trying to assimilate. I've been there. Yes, and and so in the response, they looked at me, Lee, and they said, or the, the the man who presented the idea, he looked at me and said with a straight face, oh, you can't go. This is a men's retreat. This is, women aren't allowed. And I was stunned. This was in your face, right? I mean, he wasn't, he actually wasn't even rude about it or indignant about it. He just said it so calmly as if I were crazy to think I could participate on a, on a, on a team building retreat with them. And wow. so, um, you know, but I, I share that story because my response, let, let me finish. I guess my response was, um, I, I somehow found the courage to speak out. I said, so you all are going to have a team retreat without me and I'm on this team. And it, it just, I think the reality of it, um, it, it caused, uh, us to pause in that meeting for a minute, take a break, because the room got a little tense when I spoke up. <laughs> and, um, and when we reconvened, um, you know, it was decided that we would go on a retreat, a, a trip where all of us could participate. So um, that's that's an example that I, that I share because while that was a very, um, I think it was a sickening moment for me at that time being, you know, in, in sitting at that table and feeling so alone and like I was just the only one. But had I not spoken up, like I would not have found my voice. I would not have um, helped them to understand how um, absurd uh, the recommendation is to have a team retreat, but not everybody on the team is able to participate, you know. Um, so I think I help them as well. And um, that's an example of how you grow through adversity. Um, and because every, I think you just can't advance without adversity. And it certainly made me a stronger person in that moment, especially as a young 20-something uh, year old woman. And um, yeah, so that's um that's just an example I share. Well, and I think that's a great example because we all have bias that that it's built into our brain and it's built into the way that we think. And I think that the men's retreat was probably something that that person had 
thought about doing, had done it before. And had you not been able to step up and very gently call him on that, you wouldn't have been able to change that natural bias. And if I, I've had plenty of my bias challenged and changed, and I am so grateful that someone helped me do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and while I share that story, I, I, I want to be fair. We all have our biases. You know, we all, uh, our unconscious biases and our conscious biases to be, to be fair. And, um, you know, I, 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 um, I know in that experience, um, it, it also made me more conscious when, in, you know, in subsequent events when I maybe led a team and I wanted to make sure that everyone felt engaged, that everyone felt a part of the team. I mean, it's a lesson in leadership for all of us, really. And... Um, and so, yeah, so, yeah, we each have our biases, but, you know, it, it's incumbent upon us to challenge our own assumptions um, of what we think of people and, and of situations, and um, and you just try to learn and grow through them. Well, and you absolutely do, and I think that plays into self-discovery, how you, how you discover yourself and how you determine what's really important to you and where do you want to use your voice, because I've chosen not to use it every day. For every occasion, although there were a time I would have liked to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so in using your voice, like there's someone taught this to me. Uh, there are three things to think about before you speak out on anything. So, you know, the first thing is, you know, one, does something need to be said? Two, does something need to be said by you? And three, does something need to be said by you now? And that, you know, I think back to that experience that I just, you know, the example that I shared, I needed to say something. I needed to say something. It it needed to be said by me because I needed people to understand how this affected me. And then I needed them to understand in that moment because if I had not spoken out at that time in real time, then we would i would i would be complicit with their going to a team building retreat and and my not being a part of it and um and so i and i also think that their respect level for me raised in that moment i don't know by how much but because i said something and i wasn't you know somebody that i refused to be invisible in that moment and i think going forward at least i'm not saying that things that things were perfect from that point forward, but at least they recognize in me that if something's not right or if I see injustice in a situation, that I'm not afraid to say anything and call them out. Well, and that was a step, their first step forward and and breaking out and, and becoming your own. Mm-hmm. And and I think the did what prompted you to write the book? Was it there a a purpose or was it just the right time? So I wrote the book. Um, what prompted me to write was when I made the decision to pivot out of corporate America to start my own leadership consulting agency. Um, you know, it just, I knew that I needed to build my brand. I knew that I needed to 
um, just have a track record of speaking on different stages and working with people. And I just think when you are coaching, when you are advising, um, it's helpful to have a tool that people can refer to. And so I wrote the book for that purpose. I felt like I needed to put some... um, some of not just not just share my story but also share some tips and strategies for self discovery and self regulation um, I needed to share it in a book so that uh, more people would have access to the resource and to um, you know to the knowledge to the tools so that's that's why I wrote it well did you write your book as a a way to offer some career advice for black females or was it more women in general um both actually i i i honestly admittedly i had black women in mind initially when i wrote the book because i'm a black female and of course um, and i'm over 40 and and i just i the experiences that black women go through in corporate america um are not necessarily shared by, you know, not necessarily shared by men, for sure, <laughs> and sometimes not even shared by um, white women, to be to be honest. But, but black women are my first audience, and then women in general, because as women, we do share a lot of um, similar experiences and feelings, um, you know, working in corporate America. But here's the thing, Lee. Uh, I am very encouraged that men are reading my book. Uh, I am hearing from men that while they may not relate to the the specific experiences uh, that I point out in my book, they do relate to the feelings of being trapped and they relate to the feelings of being overlooked, um, maybe for promotion. So they they identify they identify with the feelings, and they a lot of men identify with the feelings of wanting freedom. You know, and actually, I think that's something that's universal. <laughs> we all want freedom. Um, so so yeah, it's. I'm encouraged that my book is reaching many different audiences. It actually transcends race. It transcends gender. It even transcends age. So I am um, I'm very excited about that because I want my book to resonate with many people. But um, but in saying all of that, yes, I I did have um, black women in mind initially. And and the other thing I will say is that I wanted to be. I wrote this book because a lot of career books or leadership books are written by men, white men, um, or even maybe some white women. And I just felt like it's important to have a black voice, a black voice in the literary industry that can speak to leadership issues. Um, And I just, you know, I think it's important to have that kind of representation. Absolutely. I'm finishing up my PhD and working on my dissertation, and then it deals with leadership. And the diversity that, you know, my goal is to have, and I'm getting a little pushback, but I want such a diverse population to participate Mm -hmm. because, and that's not just women and men, that's, there's all kinds of leaders and they're all leaders of different colors and different mindsets. And I think that's what really, that's where we, that's where we share knowledge. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, you wrote this book as a way you were preparing for your career pivot. Are there other recommendations that you have? Because you're right. A lot of people want to pivot. And we've got some that will just sit around and be quiet and hate their job. But I think part of that's because they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to pivot out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. and and so in my book I do share tips um in the back of the book, uh lessons learned, but yeah, I there's a every every chapter title in my book is a key to owning your opportunities. So there's a a chapter for preparing for the pivot. And I also am very transparent in letting people know that I actually I mentally resigned from corporate America before I physically resigned. My great resignation happened long before there was ever a pandemic, but it started with the mental choice that I am going to put some steps in place to set myself up to win so that when I transition, I can transition smoothly and and hopefully hit the ground running. And, and in my book, I do share tips for preparing for the pivot, and it starts, Lee, with believing in your own value. Um, it, you know, th- that's hard for a lot of people. A lot of people stay stuck with where they are because they don't believe that they have what it takes to, um, to successfully move on into something else or to fulfill their dreams. But, it's, it, you know, self-doubt is a real thing, and... We all struggle with self-doubt. Even I struggle with self-doubt, and I'm seven years into operating my own leadership consultancy. And so um, so that's very natural. But I, I encourage people, first of all, believe in your value. Have confidence in your value. And at the root word of confidence is the word confide, and that basically means to trust. So you've got to trust in your own value and, and what's inside of you. That's the first key. And then secondly, put a plan together. You know, make sure your money's right. Make sure you have your own uh, team in place. And it, it, it could be people that you pay or people that or, or people who are close uh, to you. But these need to be people who are really good at what they do um, from a legal perspective, from a marketing perspective. Now, I'm speaking in terms of someone who wants to operate their own business or start their own side hustle or whatever. Um, but the message is you don't want to leave alone. It's good to have people in your corner who believe in you and your vision and who can encourage you and who can hold you accountable to your goals and who can sharpen you. So that's even important. Um, and I'll list some other tips as well, but that's just that's just one of the examples that I share, and that's very helpful for people who need a road map on um, – you know, how to move, how to pivot, how to get from point A to point B. Well, and I think a lot of people find a roadmap to be very, very helpful. Maybe they don't stay on it, but it gets them going, and it gives them the courage to take that that first step. And, you know, I, in your bio, we talked about you need to pursue your own self-discovery and develop your own natural talents. So how important do you think it is to connect? We all have natural talents and mm-hmm. gifts. Absolutely. And a lot of people need to be reminded of that. And and it's so important because self-discovery is the genesis of true leadership. That's, that is my opinion. I believe that the best leaders 
are those who know themselves. They know what they're good at. They know what makes them angry or fired up or passionate. And and they seek to solve that problem. They they try to add, that's how they add value to um to to the people around them, to their generation. And so I I just I'm such an advocate for self-discovery, especially now we we you know social media has got people confused, you know. Social media has people living vicariously through other other people and social media provides a, a, a false sense of security in many many cases maybe not in all but in many and and it's like people are trying to be other people instead of finding out how they were created and what's unique about them and living in that authenticity so remembering your gifts that's such a huge part of it because To a large extent, the gifts that are inside of you um, really add definition to your identity, um, to who you are, and and so um, so it's so important to tap into who who uh, uh, what makes you unique. How are you uniquely shaped? What are the natural talents that you have that make you uniquely you? Um, at the intersection, at the crossroads of what you love to do and what you do well is your giftedness, is your genius. And, and, and those gifts are connected to your purpose. And um, so I, I just believe it's just so important to become the person that you were created to be. And you have to it, it takes work. It really does take work to to get to that place. It takes adversity. It takes crisis because it's in those moments where you feel uncomfortable, where you really discover who you are and what you like and what you don't like and what you're made of and how resilient you are. Um, so, um, yeah, I could go on and on because I'm so passionate <laughs> about it, and I had to I had to figure that out for myself. Um, and, you know, I, I had to be, be my first client. And, you know, now I'm just really on a mission to help people uh, along their path of self-discovery, too. I can hear the passion in your voice. And I think, you know, one of the things that you talk about is self-maximizing. And that's something we've got about three minutes left that I think, you know, I would love to have you touch on. Because we do, we have to reach, we have to reach and we have to work and we have to stretch to really maximize what we have. Yes. Um, self-maximization is living in the fullness of who you are. Um, it's it's knowing your life assignment and uh, walking in that path. Um, I, so it's, it's, you know, people may use different terms. I mean, it's, it is likened to self-manifestation or... Uh, Maslow's self-actualization, but I just believe that once you realize, you know, when you're at the apex of your human expression, your human existence, um, you want to continue to maintain at that level and become even more, and that's where the self-maximization comes in is it's, you know, continuing to grow in the person uh, that that you are, and 
and that, and so that's self maximization to me. It's 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 all it's very personal. It's between you and God, and it's um, it's it's taking life day by day and becoming a better version of yourself consciously. Well, and and I know that, or I think that your faith in God has impacted your moves that you've made, and I think that God works within us all. But you are so ready to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my faith is very, very important to me, and I, I, um, I do recognize that um, you know that that God put me here for a purpose. I think He's He. I don't think I know that we are each created with intention and with purpose and. And and I just personally believe that the best way I can glorify my Creator is to become the person my Creator intended me to be, and to be the best at it. And and so I just think living a life of excellence in that regard is the best way I can demonstrate my faith and and glorify God in heaven. So that's that's my belief. (laughs) I think that is a great takeaway from from the show is to believe in yourself, believe in your values, believe in and you value your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can all, if we take the time to really think and trust ourselves we can go far juliet thank you so much we got a few seconds left for someone that wants to buy the book own your opportunities where can they find it yes it is available at um, any major online retailer um, so amazon barnes and noble books a million target etc uh, if you happen to be in the atlanta area you can actually go to a barnes and noble bookstore at cumberland perimeter and buckhead and purchase a copy there but otherwise uh, just uh, order it online and it'll be shipped to you thank quickly. you so thank you so much for being with me today juliet My pleasure. Thank you. On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes, Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and thebrainperformancecenter.com. 